What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. We gon' make it all the way. We don't care what they all will say. Don't listen to the hate, no, listen to my way. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us today on our fourth episode. We've gotten through the first three interview episodes, and today we're gonna transition into some topics really that are near and dear to our hearts. I'm Justin Short. With me today, we have Dr. Derek Williams. Say hi, Derek. Hello. Hello. How are things down in East Texas? Man, it's it's hot and humid. So unless unless I'm in the pool, I'm probably probably in a nice AC place. Yep. Darn shame. Rough life, man. I'm not in the pool. My day off on a Thursday, I'll probably be in some air conditioning. If we could all be Derek Williams, guys. Yeah, I know you've got it pretty tough too, right? Yeah, yeah, it is tough. I won't even I won't even go into it how tough it is. <laughs> so today, as we jump into more of a topic by topic approach on this podcast, one of the first things we wanted to touch on because it's something that we get asked about a lot, and it's something we strongly believe in, is how you can increase production and collections in the office while actually being in the office less. And today we're not actually going to fully get into the nitty gritty of increasing production, but actually more the theory of how and why it's actually possible to do. Because you have to believe in something for it to be possible. Bottom line. We understand that the idea of being able to work less and profit more is somewhat counterintuitive. Uh, We're fine with that. But it falls into the whole idea of designing the lifestyle you want and then building your practice around that. And, you know, we definitely know that's possible. We've done it ourselves. We work with clients to do that. Whether you know it or not, we know it's possible. That being said, we definitely do not go in with preset ideas when working with clients. That less time in the office is what everyone wants. We know that's not true. I know there are docs who genuinely enjoy every second they get to spend in their office. And there are docs who say they wouldn't want to work any less time, but really just don't want to be honest with themselves because they either think it's not possible or... Maybe that it is possible, but are not willing to put in the effort that would be needed to accomplish it. Right. I'm super excited for this. This is one of my favorite topics. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you're you're very likely in that group that Justin talked about that you, you more likely want to cut hours at the office rather than being happy, you know, exactly right where you're at. We get, we get some clients that are, you know, just looking to be more productive or improve their leadership. But overall, the most common goals that we see are either to increase income or have more freedom in their life or, or both. Yep. And I will, to piggyback off what Derek just said, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably also very attractive and very intelligent. So those are two other qualities that I'm picturing. So today we're going to cover a few of the reasons why we know it's possible and how we've seen it work in our lives and with many clients that we've worked with that have had that same goal. So first, I can tell you from my own experience 
in both my practices that I owned while I was practicing my career or whatever, my production collections profit absolutely increased each and every time I decreased my time in the office. Sounds crazy. I get it. When I sold my practice in 2017, I was taking about 10 weeks off and working three days a week in the office when I was there. How about you, Derek? I know you have seen also seen similar results thus far in your practice. Yeah, it, it is. You know, when I look back on my time in ownership so far as a dentist, this has been one of the coolest experiences for me. So in the beginning, I was working you know, four, four and a half days, depending on demand, and then went to four days consistently. And, you know, we kept increasing production. But I still remember when I was working with you, Justin, about it was like six months into the process. You basically put this idea, you put this the bug in my ear. And you basically said, you know, you could probably work a day less per week and make the same amount of money. And I remember it at the time that it like, it put this pit in my stomach. I was just like, Whoa. I mean, it just like blew me away. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that I was, you know, even close to that level yet at that point, but it stayed in the back of my mind. A few months later in August, I was reading uh, the book Relentless by Tim Grover. One of our favorites. Uh, If you haven't read it, go get it. Such a great book. It really motivated me to grab life by the horns, to take control, to create the life that I wanted to. I was I was listening to it on my way to work. So it's in August. You always hear people talk about, you know, September and that it gets slow. You know, I, I kind of had this mentality in my mind. I was fired up from this book and I, you know, I decided, you know what, when I get into the office, I'm going to tell the front desk to cancel all my Thursdays for September. And we're, uh, we're just going to see how it goes. And that's exactly what I did. Two months later, so the next month, the first month in September, our our production collections did we did see a, a slight drop, but the next month was was our best month that we'd ever had. I've experienced it firsthand, and I've also seen the same thing time and time again as I worked with other clients to help them cut back hours at the office. I have one guy that I just finished up working with. He's now producing double what he was before we started together. And he's also working a full less day per week than he was. Yep. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. We get that. But I want to be very clear on this point because we're not talking about taking time off at the expense of the numbers in your office. You know, we're not talking about using time off. I mean, we are talking about using time off as a tool to actually grow your practice. You know, at least for me, I know for you as well, you know, I didn't just take that week off just to go be a sloth on the beach for a week and then return and do the same ho-hum numbers. Or I wasn't willing to, you know, take that time off so I could, quote, relax and then realize like, oh, every time I took off, my production dropped by 30 grand that much. So that's not what we're about. We 100% use this time off as a tool to increase and grow. We know there are several, several reasons for this phenomenon. And no doubt, you have to learn to produce dentistry and become more efficient in your office. That's a no brainer. But that's not our focus today. Although I'm sure we'll get into that soon enough on future podcasts. Today, we're not there. 
But today we are going into the theory of why it works so well. And we believe there are several reasons. So let's jump into them. Number one, I've heard this several times from different sources that if you could graph a doctor's production throughout the year, you would see a spike in production right after time off, and then it would remain up for a little while and gradually start to fade down until the next time they had a break or they got time off. And then you would get another spike, rinse and repeat throughout the year. The longer the time span between time off, the larger the dip. I'm sure you can find some offices that buck this trend, but I can tell you it was 100% true in my office, and I see it all over the country in other offices. You know, I'd take a week off, and I'd return almost missing it sometimes, believe it or not. I'd come back refreshed, inspired, motivated, etc., to get in the office and produce some dentistry. For most of us, when it's been three to six months since any meaningful time off, you don't feel that way when you come into the office Monday morning after the normal two or three days off. You're generally going to have a feeling of, okay, I have to survive another week to make it to the weekend. That kind of feeling instead of, all right, I'm refreshed. I'm going in this week. I'm going to kick some butt. And once I realized this in my own life, my own practice, I wanted to stay in that highly productive zone as much as I possibly could when I was at the office. And staying in that zone the majority of the time here in the office, the more productive you're going to be. I think that is a really powerful point. And I think a lot of people don't don't realize that. You know, that whole idea of trying to stay in the in the productive zone, because I, we've all experienced that. We've all had times where we've come back refreshed, feeling good. And we've all had probably that experience where it's like, OK, how many more days until I get to the weekend? So I think that was a good point, trying to trying to stay in that zone. And I think it works with your team as well. You know, if you're you're refreshed, often your, your team is. And this kind of goes for your week by week schedule, as well as, you know, vacations, you know, extended time off, whether you notice it or not, the, the longer you go without time off, the more physically and kind of, you know, mentally fatigued you get, you're worn out, all the teeth start to run together. And often your treatment planning starts dropping off and you kind of just start to, to check out. Often this happens without even realizing it, that it's, that it's happening and it's, and it's actually costing you money. Yep. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that last line. Often, very true. It happens without even noticing it. You know, most of the time we think we're coming out ahead when we put our nose to the grind and never come up for air into practice. Like, you know, almost like it's a badge of honor. Like I haven't had a day off in 17 years, but Often that's not reality, especially if other the other ducks in your office are in a row in your practice, but you've got to take that leap of faith sometimes to take some time off here or there. So moving on number to number two, number two is kind of the 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 flip side of that. Number one was, you know, you've seen a, a spike after the vacation. Number two is the flip side before the vacation or the break or, you know, whatever that's coming up, it gives you something to look forward to. I don't know about you, but when I had some time, time off coming up, you know, I'm, I'm happier, I'm in a better mood. And usually the same thing with the team. You know, there've been times when I've thought, 
man, when's when's my next vacation coming? You know, it feels like it's been a while. But, you know, those times when it's coming up, you know, kind of like Christmas or, you know, the week leading up to Christmas, everyone's in the holiday spirit, good moods, you know. We want to keep that perpetually going yep. in our office. And generally, when you're in a good mood, happy or whatever, the more of a, quote, people person you become. And that generally leads to better numbers in our practice. Number three, you don't have to hold anything back. I've used this example ad nauseum a lot. So if you've heard it before, forgive me. But it's the best It's the best I have and makes the most sense for me. So I have three kids. I'm an only child. My folks are in their early 60s, and my kids are like their world. When they take them, when my folks take them once in a while for the weekend, they wear those kids out. Movies, Chuck E. Cheese, arcades, dinners, carnival, circus, you know, anything's in town, like they're going to it. And if they're all in town, they're going to all of them. And they can go strong because they know. In 36 to 48 hours, they get to give the kids back to us as cotton candy addicts, and they're off duty. So they can leave it all on the table and go, here's your kids back. We're going to go. She'll do whatever we do. Now, Becca, my wife, and, and I know we've got 18 to 20 years of this crap. So we have to pace ourselves. Yes, we take them to do stuff. We don't just like lock them in the basement. But we don't do 15 things at a weekend because we need, we know, we need to hold some energy back in the tank. That's a great example. Whether consciously or subconsciously, we know that. We can't go hard every single day with these kids. And when you're working three days a week or taking a week off every four to six weeks, let's say, you don't feel like you need to hold anything back. You get to be the grandparents you know you can leave it all on the table each and every time you're in the office and that you're going to get a break. So you don't have to hold back. And really, I think most docs don't even realize they're doing this, but they absolutely are holding some energy back. They subconsciously hold back to pace themselves so they don't drop over debt. You know, if I was in the office, I knew I could give it everything I had during the time I was there because I knew I was getting a four-day weekend each week or a week off every five to six weeks. Yeah, I've had I've had several people ask me, gosh, if, if you really have to push yourself that hard during those three days, that just sounds really, really stressful. Is that, you know, is that really sustainable? And I, I get the perspective, but... I'm always a little bit taken back by this this question. I don't know if this is just my personality and I'm just different, but gosh, if I'm going to go into the office, I want to be cranking it. <laughs> I don't want to just have, you know, so-so days, you know. So yeah, those days are a lot busier and I'm busting my butt, but that's that's exactly how I want it. If I'm going to be in the office away from my family and, you know, not doing some of the other things that I want to, I want those days to be as, you know, maxed out and as productive as possible. Yep. 100%. I get that question quite often as well. And I think there are obviously are different strokes for different folks. I don't think everyone is like you and I, which is great. But I think we're talking to the ones that are. If they think too differently, then they're probably not going to be listened to us for long anyway, which is fine. On the flip side, I also know people like to make excuses. They don't want to put in the amount of effort or feel like it's not possible so they make the excuse of, I just prefer to have a more laid back day because they're scared of what it would mean if they actually admitted 
They would rather work less time and produce more. And don't get me wrong. You know, there are, at least for me, just like you, there were very busy days. And personally, I love them. But once you have that rhythm down of being a high producer and less time at the office, which does take some time, you know, it takes some work, it takes some fine tuning. But once you have done it for a while, it's not nearly as crazy as you may think it is. You know, about a year before I sold my practice, I had Jake Stimmel come to my office for a half day. Most of you probably don't know Jake, but he helped out on the Shared Practices podcast for a while. But I met Jake at the Productive Dentist Academy before the dude had even been accepted into dental school. Like, Uh, yeah, that's my people. I, I love that. I ended up sitting next to him at Productive Dentist Academy all weekend, and I took him to dinner just because I was so impressed that he was that forward thinking. Anyways, he ended up getting accepted to the dental school I went to, which isn't too far from St. Louis. He came to visit my office for a half day, which I didn't, I never really did a lot. But before he left at lunchtime, we sat down because I wanted him to take everything that he could learn from, make sure he soaked it all in. And I think that day we had done like 9,000 by lunch. And I asked him, has the day seemed crazy at all to you? And he was like, no, you seem steady, but never once did it feel crazy. So did we produce like that without it feeling crazy from the get-go? You know, when we really started ratcheting up in the beginning? Absolutely not. First, we focused on getting production up, and it was crazy, like everyone else. And then over time, it becomes old hat, like anything else. So... Stick with it. Stick with the uncomfortable till it becomes comfortable. Let's move on. Number four, it adds pressure. I think as a, as a society, we've learned to think as pressure as a bad thing. But pressure can be a good and useful tool that helps to push us. But cutting back hours, often docs feel the pressure to produce more in the days they're there, which is a good thing. And oftentimes they end up producing even more because they're keeping themselves accountable and it's always top of mind. To go along with that, I also think one of the reasons that you see a a spike in production around vacation times is because you still have kind of that same demand from patients wanting to get in and and get stuff done. The office just knows they got to fit the patients in, whether it's, you know, before the vacation or, you know, they've got kind of a pile up after. They know that they've got to fit the patients in. So they're they're going to they're going to just make it work and make it happen. So in essence they they push themselves because they feel that they have to. But when that happens they they raise they actually raise their ceiling for what they're capable of. Then as you said they kind of let things go back to normal. So all we're doing is we are making that mentality, we're making that that raised ceiling our raised capability, we're we're making that our norm and basically trying to keep it there. Yep. 100%. You know, bottom line to this, we know there are a ton of doctors out there who could do much more in much less time at the office. And I know, like we said, not everyone wants to decrease time in the office. And we also know there are a lot who just don't want to admit it because what that means. Yeah, it's it's not the norm. It's a little outside the box. So 
it, it's going to be hard for most dentists to kind of come to the realization that it actually can be done. Yep. Does it take some extra work on how to schedule and become more efficient? Yes, of course. But that's the same if you want to grow on four or five days too. It doesn't make a difference. You've still got to put in some work. But don't focus on, or at least I always encourage, don't focus on how hard it will be. Focus on how good it will feel. And if he and he or she who's willing to be the most uncomfortable is often going to be the one who rises the quickest. Wednesday at 5 p.m., I knew I was done for the week. And it was a great freaking feeling knowing we hit our goals and that I was done for four days. And it's been said, and I know it has rung true in my own life, the price you pay to get the life you want will always be much less than the price you will pay if you don't. I Yeah, I love that. Let your practice support and create the lifestyle that you want to live. I mean, that's that's essentially what we're all about. Too many of us allow our lives to revolve around having the type of practice that we think we should have or that others ex- expect of us. But in reality, you know, that's that's backwards. It's not the way that it should be, but it, it feels backwards. So it's, it's a change in, in mindset to trying to get get to where we want to be. Totally agree. So before wrapping up, we're going to address a few of the most common questions we get when we discuss this topic. I know we won't get them all, but let's just touch on a few that we get over and over. So these are going to be basically just kind of cut and paste from actual emails that we've gotten from people asking about this situation. How do we do this? The first question so many dentists focus to cut out Fridays or, you know, a half a half day on Friday. That's pretty common. But going to three days is really cutting back. You're now at the office a minority of the time. How do you go from four to three? Do you go all at once or over a period of time? What are your thoughts, Justin? All at once. Next question. Just kidding. <laughs> in a nu- <laughs> I like it. In a nutshell, I've seen it go both ways. Either going from four days to three days or four to three and a half, five to four and a half, whatever. I always want to initially make sure you're hitting your goal on the number of days you're at before you cut down. To me, that's first. Hitting your goal is first before taking the time off. So for example, if you're at 75,000 a month on four days a week, and you want to do 100000 a month on three days a week, I don't tell a doc to go to three days first, and then we'll figure out how to increase to 100000 a month. I want them to get to 100000 a month first, and then we'll cut out either a full day or a half day to start. And it's kind of a case by case. Once we see production is staying the same, you know, if we only if we start with cutting out a half day, so we go from four days to three and a half days, once we see the production is staying the same at three and a half days, which is often pretty quick, then we'll go ahead and drop that other half and go to three. And I can't stress this enough. Taking time off is not at the expense of our numbers, but the reward for hitting the numbers. What are your thoughts, Derek? Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. The big picture of what we're talking about here is really 
how do we get the most out of our practices in an optimal amount of time? You know, we kind of talked about whether you want to work four or five or three, you know, it's kind of up to you, but how do you get the most out of your practice in the time that you're going to be there? I think there are dentists, like we talked about, that have no desire to go to three days a week and that's fine. But generally, you know, they still want to get each day as productive as possible. Obviously, I love working three days a week. When I, when I made the switch, like I said before, you know, I had to take a leap of faith. I felt like, you know what, even if I can just keep putting up the same numbers, but on less days, that will be worth it to me. Uh, so then it really blew me away when we actually continued to grow even after I cut back. So part of this point that we're making is that you can very likely produce more when you're working less time. So yes, definitely not cutting back at the expense of our numbers. Whenever you listen to to Bruce Baird talk about this process of increasing his process of increasing his hourly production, whenever he would hit a certain landmark, landmark he would cut back a half a day a week a week each time. And this this can really be a great way to look at things. Like you said, it's it's the re- reward for working hard. So, okay, here's uh, here's question number two that we get. How do you move patients to accept recalls without the doctor there? How do you sell the staff on this? You know, do you cut hours? What are some of those logistics? Couple parts of this question. First, like so many things in life and dentistry, what we expect to happen often isn't what happens in reality. For instance, raising fees. When we talk about raising fees with doctors, everyone freaks out. Oh my gosh, if I raise the fees 5%, all the patients are going to call, say, transfer my charts because I can save 5% at the office down the street. And in reality, what happens across the board, 99.99% of the time, no one says anything. No one notices. No one's at home sitting there wondering, it's a great Wheel of Fortune episode. I wonder if Dr. Short's going to be raising his fees next week. Oh, my God, I hope he doesn't. You know, let's sit here and pray about it. That's not what happens. No one really notices. Let's not give ourselves that much credit. You know, and the same thing when a patient comes in for recall and we're not going to be there. In 12 years, I maybe had two or three patients that came in and complained I wasn't there on Thursdays for their cleaning. So... I would say, don't worry about things that aren't really a problem. As far as staff dealing with less hours, for me, I didn't cut hours. I don't like to do that. And I say that always as a last resort. If it needs to be done, it needs to be done. Because I'm not going to work four or five days a week if I really want to work three or four because I'm afraid what my team will think. I do care what they think. But I'm not going to let it hold me back. I'm not going to you know, spend my whole career practicing five when I want to work three because I can't cut hours. That's stupid. So this is how I handled it. And you know, there's no one right answer. My team had five team members. Each got four weeks paid vacation. They could choose those four weeks from any of the 10 that I took off. Of the remaining six, it was mostly up to them. They could work and get paid or have the week off unpaid. And I have, I had team members who did both, but I always wanted someone there in the office so we could have someone answering phones, stuff like that. So that was never an issue for the majority. There would be, you know, there definitely would be a week or two of 
all the vacations where everyone was gone for a week. And you know what? We dealt with it and practice didn't crumble. We didn't die. Stuff like that. You know, I felt like my team was the best around and there's no way in Hades I could have done what I did without them. And the reality is it's tough to keep a very good team when you cut their hours. All that to say, I also believe in cutting bottom line. I believe in cutting back without cutting hours if at all possible. Now, if your production is the same or greater, which it can and should be, even if you decrease hours, it doesn't change or raise your overhead by keeping their hours the same. So my team, you know, I feel like we feel like, oh my God, I'm losing money. You know, if I allow them to keep their hours, no, you're not. As long as you keep production where it was at or higher, nothing has changed in with your overhead. My team overhead never went above or below 20%. So it didn't really matter to me. And I wanted my team to feel secure. There are many, many ways to do things. Maybe when you go to three days, you add an hour per day, the three days that you are there, and then you have them work a half day on Thursday. So their hours are the same. If you don't need them there, you give them the option. And sometimes team members are fine not getting paid if they have to work less. Some need the hours, but you figure it out and not just say, well, my team, I know my team all needs the hours. I guess I'm stuck working six days a week because we make assumptions that all our team needs the hours. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes like, yeah, heck yeah, I'll take a half day unpaid. Don't let it hold you back. Number three, Derek, last question we receive a lot. What if you're already busy four or five days a week? How do you cut down to three in the office? Like you said with your last answer, this is also a question with many answers. If you're if you're already busy four days or five days, how are you going to cut back and still still manage to be able to see all the patients or meet the demand? And and this is part of what ta- what uh, is going to come back to actually increasing production. So there's there's a few different different examples that I'll give of things that we'll look at to be able to to make that change. First is you know we'll uh, likely look at insurance reimbursements. You know if you can cut out the worst one or two plans that might cut back on some of your demand and some of your time required, but also increase your average production. So that's an easy way to easy start. Simply renegotiating PPO contracts can bring a a nice increase as well. So all, all we're talking about is how do we raise production and also cut back some time in order to make be, be able to get more out of the time that we're in our office. And the next one that I go over a lot, scheduling. It's a big one. Almost every client that I work with, I have them send me their schedule screenshots and then we'll go back through and rearrange things. I had one client a couple of weeks ago, I had him send this to me and then I went in and basically rearranged the whole schedule so that basically he could do the same amount of dentistry in like 70% of the time. And it's not like we're really like pushing things and, and you know, changing the schedule so that he's going to be running all over. It's still had just as much time as they scheduled, but it's doing it in a way that's going to allow him to be just more effective during that time that he's there. A lot of times, if you simply cut back your clinical hours, you'll start to see where you need to improve and then you can adapt and make some of those changes with the schedule. But it also works well to make the changes first, uh, too. Clinical speed will come into it at some point. It's not as important as everyone thinks. But, you know, obviously, if it takes you one and a half or two hours for for a crown prep, it's it's going to be tough. You also need to delegate. Your assistants need to be able to make a temp. They need to be able to triage an emergency patient or consult. If you have to ma- micromanage every little thing, 
that your team does because you haven't trained them or en- enough or you don't trust them, it's it's going to be tough. Other things that we would look at would be, you know, kind of evaluating the process in your practice as far as diagnosis, treatment planning, and case acceptance. These are huge and they always will be. There's almost always room for improvement. You know, I went through all these really quickly and we talked about it at the beginning. You know, we're not going into detail on all this. That's for another time. But these are, you know, a few really solid examples of ways that you can cut back, but still increase production. Yep. All good things. And really the takeaway we wanted listeners to get from this episode is that it's possible and that it does work. And, you know, when I think people, when they hear the term lifestyle practice, you know, it, it doesn't mean lack of work or hustle. It means working hard enough that you get to the point where you can live your life on your own terms. That's what we're going for. And not just saying, well, that's, that's not possible. There's no way I could ever take 10 weeks off a year. That's crazy. There's no way I can cut my team's hours there's no way I could go from five days to three and a half days because my team needs all those hours. So bottom line is where there's a will, there's a way. And it can be figured out if you're willing to put in the effort, do the work and do it. Uh, just a little housekeeping stuff. Feel free to email us at Justin, Derek, or Steve at thelifestylepractice.com with any questions or concerns. Or you can find us on our new TLP podcast group Facebook page and keep the conversations going. We can answer questions and just take it a step further than we have on the pod. So we'd also love to hear any specific content or questions you'd like us to address. You can email those things to us, talk about them on the Facebook group, whatever. And if you're getting any value from this podcast at all, only thing we'd ask is that you'd leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Until next week. See ya. We gon' make it all the way. We don't care what they all will say. Don't listen to the hate, no. Listen to my fate, yo. Destined to be great, yo.